listening to the Football Index Edge daily podcast. In today's episode, I was joined by Kevin, who came on to discuss the platform at the moment. We talked about a few players, we talked about the state of the market, we try and provide some kind of value in trading advice. And we also just talk a little bit about taking a step back and not getting too attached to the day-by-day price fluctuations. So as always, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, The other thing actually, just before we go, is if you do fancy checking out Index Edge's platform, join the community, get yourself involved over there, check out all of their data and everything else that is on Index Edge, then you can sign up for a two-week free trial. And I have I just pinged the uh, the link into that free trial in the description. So head over there if you do want to join us on there. Um, thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Index Edge podcast. Kevin is the first guest on this new podcast, uh, the V Brand. So welcome to the show, Kevin. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited about my debut for Index Edge. Oh, yes. Love to hear it. And you've been using Index Edge actually a while, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Years. I'm, I'm, I don't remember how long, how long ago exactly, but I was using it for a, a long time before I even started making videos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was I. I mean, I was, I think I was on it in 2017. Um, it was just a great place to pick up some place who had really great average match day scores compared to the price. I think that was how I first came about using Index Edge. Yeah, I used to, like I used to cover it in my videos as well. I would often go on the master stat table and um, pick, pull people up because that's I found that one the best to use. The new ones yeah. obviously got like way way more data, so it's a it's a lot better. And I've not not making videos, so I've not explored it as much as I probably should have. I don't have cash to put in right now either, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get delved into it when uh, when I do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I want to get into a few more videos on Index Edge as well um, in terms of like creating videos for the different dashboards. I was just saying to you now how there's like so much on there and can maybe be a little bit overwhelming at first to love that data. But if you break it down, there's so many ways to find like value plays on Football Index. And as I say, I've been using it for years and, and you have as well. So yeah, looking forward to using the data site a little bit more in the future. Um, and it's great to have the new rebrand. Anyway, how's your week been on Football Index? Um, we were just chatting about this before we uh, started recording, but I, I heard in your podcast, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, you were talking about some drops on the mm-hmm. index. But for me, my portfolio is not really focused on the top end and I didn't see drops. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty good. Things have just been flat, I would say, maybe. Maybe down a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who has won dividends this week, but I might try and have a look at that because I think I did win some dividends. Well, I think in the last eight or nine days, we've had a lot of the top end win dividends. Like you had Trent win, I think uh, Kimmich won some team of the month, Messi did. Um, in fact, Kimmich won dividends again yesterday as well, I think. Yeah. Um, Jaden Sancho won 28p. So you had a lot of the top end players, like the most popular players on the platform, uh, Mohamed Salah as well, actually, not long ago. So they all rose quite a lot on the back of those top end wins. And then I think we had a few days where the top end weren't really winning the dividends as much. And I think that's partly what led to the top end dropping. But I think it was mostly the case of them already rising so much. If you've already made 100% profit on a player because you've bought Sancho at £4.50 and he's risen to £9, think you know it's fair enough if you want to sell him for 100% profit in just like three weeks and 
and and then eventually you know people are going to start bashing out of certain, bashing out on certain players and and you just have a natural drop in some of the top ends um did, did you see your portfolio really rise when the top end was rising about i don't know around two weeks ago or so yeah but not like everyone who obviously people at the top end were seeing like huge rises mine just went up maybe 10 percent, i guess probably yeah. close to 10 percent. But I've yeah. also been winning a lot of dividends, so it's hard to really tell if it was... I, I don't feel like a lot of my players have gone up that much. A few of the ones I was more invested in went up a lot originally, like Pogba uh, and Shaw. Shaw's still up now, but Pogba's dropped off a bit, almost at the point where I would start buying more. But uh, he's not won any dividends for a couple of weeks, so it, he's come down maybe 20%. Yeah, Pogba's a weird one. His price actually fluctuates like all the time, even if you have a look at just his three-month graph. Um, over the last three months, he's gone from like three pound fifty nine, and he went down to about two pound twenty. Then he went back up to three pounds, then back down to about two pound forty, then up to three forty eight, then down to around two twenty again, and then he fluctuated around two twenty and two eighty for like a month, and then he went back up to around three fifty. Now he's back down to around two two eighty uh, with an instant sell of around two fifty. So. Yeah, I think he's a player that you could definitely trade in and out of. And it sounds like you bought him at the perfect time because weren't you buying quite a lot of Pogba around £2 or so? Between £2 and £2.25. So I usually try and buy when he drops below £2.25. But I don't trade in and out of him. I knew when he was at £3, I thought I could probably sell. But um, it's one of them things when you sell, you're just gambling effectively. If you're selling out of a player, you don't know if they're going to win media again the next day or if they're going to win. And then the price goes up. So you're just taking a like somewhat of a coin flip yeah i guess that is true like sancho rose to around nine pounds or so when he won dividends the other day and it was on that day that i sold him quite stupidly uh by by selling him to the market when i probably should have sold him a bit of a higher price i think it's doing that all right because i think i can buy him at like one pound fifty or so lower than what i sold him at but um if he had have won dividends again like this weekend or in a few days a few days afterwards like in in midweek or he started to earn media dividends due to Manchester United transfer links, then obviously his price would have rose even further. Because I feel like any player who has a really good performance, if they then do something good again, it's like a, there's like a bonus effect. It's like their rise will be kind of amplified by the fact that they're, they're already like either in the media or the, the spotlight's kind of already on that player. So it grabs, the, uh, grabs like the market's attention. So it can lead to absolute rockets. So yeah, as you say, um, it, it can be a bit of a bit of luck in that situation when a player's already risen due to earning dividends recently. Yeah, exactly. So, and my strategy has always been buy and hold. So, it's, it's almost day trading in and out of stuff. I, I I think it's a good strategy if you are on the market a lot like you are. Like I definitely think you're going to make a lot of money doing that. But just for me, I, I guess I just. I can't have money sat in my account as well. So whenever I sell a player with the idea of buying them back, I almost always buy someone else and then don't buy them back later. <laughs> yeah, that's like a classic thing on football index there. It's so hard to keep a balance. I think like a lot of people would recommend keeping around 5 to 10% of your portfolio just as a balance in case there's any opportunities or maybe a player who you really like gets an injury or, or like Neymar today is down around 40-something P, I think, because he's going to be missing out on tomorrow's game. If you like Neymar, now would be like the perfect time to top up. Um, but it's a lot easier said than done to keep a balance on football index. Yeah, like I can always, every time I have money in my account, I can always find someone who I think is good value. So 
I find I find it hard to not invest. <laughs> yeah, same here. Talking about good value, then is there any players who have stood out to you over the last week or since the last spoke to you anyway? Um, who have I been buying? Let's just have a quick look. I've been buying a lot of Amin Harit. Ah, uh, yeah, I think you spoke to me at the end of last week, uh, last week's episode, or or maybe after the episode about Amin Harit. Yeah. What price are you getting him for? Around 40p? 41, 42, 45, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with him below 50. Originally, I was trying to get him below 40, but I don't think he's going to go back down below 40 unless he doesn't have any good... I mean, Schalke are pretty terrible, so he could definitely drop below 40. But anything below 50, I'm happy buying him. Um, Juan Camilo Hernandez has been injured and he's back on the bench today, so I bought a bit of him at 31p. Mm. David Silver at 15p, I think that's a bargain. You know, I'm happy to risk my full stake to, on the chance that he's going to win a dividend in the next couple of years. Well, yeah, that's that's a nice one. I'm going to see when he's out of contract. Do you know off the top of your head? No, I think it's two or three years that I played with Real Sociedad on uh, Football Manager. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not one year, I don't think, but I'm not sure. No, it's, it's June 2022. So, yeah, I mean, is David Silver going to win? Can you hear that, Kevin? So I went on Transfer Market and some... Yeah, I couldn't hear it now probably shouldn't have mentioned it then some of that music just started blasting because I was looking at David Silver's contract it was some shocking music anyway um, classic transfer market and yeah David Silver he's on a contract till June 2022 and to be honest is he going to return like 15p or more in dividends by the end of next season um, I think you can tell by the sound of my voice what my opinion on that one is um, yeah I definitely expect him to do so especially with them being in Europe still um but he is a punt, like he's like a gambler's dream, like because such like a fun hold. Um, another one who I looked at the other day, who I think is quite a similar type of player, because they're in Europe and a lot of dividends last season. I think he earned like 60p. He's as nervous at 14p instant sell price at the moment. Yeah, he's won a lot of dividends. He has he, last last season towards the end. I think it was in the Europa League. They went really far. But I think Seville has someone quite hard in Europe. And I think that makes a massive difference. Like, I really think players playing in Europe at the moment, like champions in Europa League, the best players in those tournaments are going to just mop up dividends because you have team of the month, you have the match day extra now, um, and then you just have the, the ordinary, like, uh, well, they're not ordinary dividends. So that's the thing. There's these gold match days, and it just makes these players who are going to go far in the Champions and Europa League so so valuable. It's almost like you get to put a bet on like teams, uh, which teams are going to go far in the Champions League. Because if you bet on the players at those sides, then you know you're going to have a much better chance of those players rising in price and earning some great returns. And I think that's another. Really interesting aspects of football index, especially now team of the month has been introduced. Now that gold match days can return 28p and also with the extra addition of the match day extra. Yeah. I think as well, like David Silver's a good example of that. I feel like if someone said to me David Silver had won um team of the month or come like at least in, in the team of the month, like that wouldn't surprise me. Could he mm -hmm. get match day extras? Definitely. Like, I feel like there's so many different ways he could win. I don't, I mean, they're playing Man United in the next round of the Europa League, so I don't, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't get any points in that. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't mind players like that. John Cordoba is another one like that. I feel like if he has two goals, he could pick up match day extras. And at 13p, I'm buying him for. So if he picks up 1p in a match day extra for a 13p player, that's like almost a 10% return. So I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad 
bad point either. Um, I'd say like the dangerous thing with a player like Amine Havit, just going back to Havit, because you brought up the Bundesliga um, and Hertha Berlin, and you made me think of Amine Havit there, because Hertha Berlin are in terrible form now as well. They've lost their last four. Um, they've not won a game, I think, the last five or six matches. So, yeah, John Cordero was not having the best uh, time. I think he might be, is he injured at the moment, or is he just struggling for game time? I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, they're, they're having a bit of a nightmare. I just realised uh, Nemanja Doncic has gone to Hertha Berlin too. He came off the bench the other day. I didn't even realise that. And, and Genduzzi's there now as well. They've got quite a new club uh, and a new side of players anyway. But yeah, um, Amine Harris. So yeah, they're, they're bottom of Bundesliga by quite some way. Uh, they've not won a game in the last five games. Um, lost four. Schalke are nine points away from safety. But do you think Amine Harris will get a move? Could, could that really result in him having a much better chance of earning dividends in the future? Um, I think even at a bad team, he could potentially win dividends. And yeah, I think he probably would get a move if uh, if they went down. But mm. who knows? That's obviously a gamble and I've been wrong on those a few times in the past. Mm. But um, I've also been buying like Mark Roker at Bayern and D- Luca Bacchio and Dil Rosen because like I say, Hertha aren't playing that well and I, f- I feel like those two players are not getting that much game time either and whether that means they're going to move next year. Like, I, to be honest, I'm kind of following what Index Big used to do. I guess he did it before I even joined the platform and he bought everyone quite cheap and he just has loads of interest and he's picking up a few dividends every day. At these prices, I'm happy to own almost all of the good young players on the Index. I would be fine owning them at the prices they're at now and I'm confident in three years I'd be able to sell them for at least the same price. So I'm, I'm trying to use that opportunity to just kind of pick up some players for interest. Yeah, I, I like that approach a lot. And I think that's going to make your time on Football Index really exciting because the other thing about Football Index, and I've probably spoken about this a lot, is that it is, is the money that like maybe grabs our attention, but it's also the fun of it. And that's probably what's led to so many people staying on the platform during these hard times because so many people have lost money or they're down huge amounts, but they're still sticking around because it is so enjoyable especially watching your team or uh, players in particular side, like playing on a match day. If you have 200 shares, then match days are going to be quite exciting. Um, And that's definitely a big argument for diversifying. The other thing is, I just think because the market is a lot more volatile now, you're probably going to be able to trade in and out of the players who are like really informed throughout the season. So when a, I don't know, Javaro or Dilvo is in his form at some point over the next three seasons, you may well be selling him for like a one or 200% profit because he's only 20p now and it's not going to take that much for him to rise up to 40 or 60p when he hits form at some point over the next few seasons. I'm not saying to buy him because there's like 100 other players in the same situation. But if you just get the timing right on those players, then yeah, I think you're going to be making some really great returns. I'd love to do the same. I just don't think I'm patient enough. So I'd rather stick like you know, 5,000 shares on, on one player um, and then have that excitement of them possibly earning dividends one game and then maybe selling them, getting some half on a player. Um, but I think your strategy is probably a, a lot less risky, especially if you are very patient longer term. Yeah, and I think with the market where it is, I'm, I'm more interested in enjoying watching football and, and having football next to like a something that, that I'm getting fun, fun out of and things like that. So I already have a lot of, holds that I've got like thousands in or at least 8,000. I don't tend to have multiple thousands in many players. But Yeah, true. Yeah. Neither do I, I, get, I get a bit of both. I get like the odd player like Rafa Mio, and he won, and he had, I think I had like 1,500 shares of him. Um, 
he played quite well today, actually, against the uh, Real Madrid. I'm thinking of buying more of him. I probably shouldn't say that on, on this podcast, but I think at this point, the, the index, even though it's recovering, it's still, there's not really like huge surges in buys when people mention players anymore. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good thing, to be honest. Like, I think I've mentioned quite a few players on the podcast over the last few days, and I don't think any of them have, have risen, or at least if they have, I've not noticed it, um, which I think is a good thing. Whereas, like, I don't know. Is it a good thing? I think, I think overall the market is a lot bigger. It's a, little, it's a lot more like sophisticated than it was maybe twelve to eighteen months ago uh, with the order book system. People are less likely to take a punt on some quick short-term capital appreciation with the option to instant sell a player. Um, now you have to really focus on the intrinsic value. So you're not going to get someone talk about a player on a podcast and they suddenly rise 30% because there's not really much risk. And if you get in ahead of everyone else who's listened to that podcast, then they're going to, you know, you're going to make some money. Um, nowadays, you want to make sure you actually are buying players who are of value. And not everyone who has talked about on a podcast, including the players that I talk about, are even going to be like that valuable. So I, I, overall, I definitely think it's a good thing that these players don't rise. It also means that like for myself, if I talk about a player, I can do that quite freely, you know, and I'll be able to top up on that player without having to worry about traders listening and going in and buying that player as well, which I personally enjoy. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, that's the only reason I don't like talking about it is because I'm always the low bid. So it's like you, <laughs> it doesn't need a lot of people to just go and outbid me, and that's that's annoying. But um, I do like that's one of the things I really like about order books is the fact that I can try and find a player that no one else wants who I see value in and try and get them at like a bargain basement price. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that's, oh, I just think like with the order book system, this sort of idea of, um, well, just thinking like independently, I, I think it's just more key than ever. Um, if you can think independently and value your players yourself and not get too carried away by the day-to-day fluctuations and the positive or negative sentiment, which seems to dramatically turn at any moment, if you can not get carried away by all of that, then yeah, you are going to make some really great returns. Um, but the other thing at the moment is I, I just feel like the, the whole market, or at least a large part of it, is still very underpriced. So it doesn't matter if Neymar or, or Sancho rises or falls 20% on a given day. Um, like, yeah, it can be frustrating to see. But you could definitely make arguments for both those players being being still being like massively undervalued when you have a look at their dividend returns. So yeah, I, I guess it's all about just trying to trade in and out of those players at the, at the right time and not get too uh, negatively impacted by by the price fluctuations, especially if they're dropping. You know, some people would worry and want to sell them, but if you can avoid doing that, then you're going to probably be in a better place. Yeah, and I think to, to summarize just what you were saying there, I feel like the theme for me of what I'm doing right now is I feel like the market is very short term focused mm. in terms of like, they want the PB winners who are going to be returning dividends in the next week or two. So I'm trying to focus on spreading my money around long-term focuses where like Mark Roker, for example, I don't even know if he's played for Bayern yet, but you know, at some point he's probably going to get game time. And, and when he does, it's probably going to go up in price. Like I was thinking earlier, I was like, maybe I'll just start buying Donny van der Beek and I'll just keep buying until he gets a move or he starts playing. Like, yeah. like, I feel like that would be a good strategy with certain players. If you were just like, I don't believe this player's career is over. And I think the price is going to keep going down as the longer it goes since they did something. And I feel like Donny van der Beek as well. There's no way he's not going to win media. There's like, something's going to happen and he's going to win media like once or twice in the next year, I'd say. 
Yeah, I think so too. The other thing I'd say is I just don't think there's like as many traders on football index as there once were. I might be wrong, but I mean, there's 4,101 active traders today and there's still quite a lot of posts quite regularly on Twitter. Um, but like you don't really see certain players rise in price um, like you probably would in, in the past. Like you just don't see the research going in. And I, I do still believe that there's, yeah, more traders active on football index like probably 12 months ago than there are now. Um, but what's your thoughts on that? Definitely, yeah. And I, I think that a lot of the people who've left are not coming back. And I feel like now we're getting to the point where we have organic growth again, where there's lots of new people joining. And as they begin to enjoy the platform, they're going to start telling other people about it. I feel like the people who've been on for a long time, like me and you, were becoming a bit jaded towards asking other people to join because it's just such hard work at this point. Yeah, I've not asked anyone to join in, yeah. in ages. Like, I just... I'm not really bothered. Um, and the other thing is, I think for like the average person, it is a bit more complicated nowadays. So I think football index are going to be targeting these high net worth individuals as such. Uh, like I told, I mean, my mom was trying to, for some reason or another, I told her about, well, like she, she knows I'm on football index. She's on football index as well. She's got her own account where she's um, bought some players and, and whatnot. But Sorry. Sorry? Fernandez just scored a really good goal. <laughs> what was it like go on oh it's like from the the right hand side of the so outside the right hand side of the 18 yard box and he like curled it into the top left corner over the keeper Fernandez is actually just unreal like he could end up taking top midfielder again today and I just wouldn't be surprised one bit yeah he might because I think I think Everton are probably going to score so if they score he'll have, have game winning goal yeah, he's going to be in with a good chance. Elvis Rexford Backage, I don't know how to say his name. He's he's on a two five eight at the moment there, so it's quite a decent score to beat. Um, but yeah, anyway, anyway, so yeah, my mum's on football index, and um, she uh, was talking to some mates about football index from from uni, and a few of her mates are like kind of into investments, or or maybe the husbands are as well. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, once once they said. Once they asked her about, can you always like take your money out at any time? That was like the the deal breaker. And the, the minute they realized that they'd have to sell back to another trader and they wouldn't always have the guarantee of getting their money out of a player at any given moment, that's what like turned them off the platform completely. And I think a lot of players still don't have like an instant sell price on football index and that will still be putting people off. So we just do need liquidity. And then it's going to, it will really rock it once we do have a bit of liquidity um, because that will like form the base and then confidence will return. And once every player on this platform has an instant sell price, you know, maybe even football index widen some of the bid zones as well, because I think that would help with the, the instant sell prices. Um, then I think people are just generally get, going to be a lot more confident and you're going to get a lot more new customers because as a new customer, you don't want to be putting your money into a platform where you don't have the guarantee that you're going to be getting your money out at any moment. Because if you're new and you've not got as much experience as a lot of people listening to this will, um, then you're not going to trust the platform as much. And you're going to be reluctant to put 50 quid in if you don't know if you can get that 50 quid out the next day. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's more like a season bet. That's the thing. It's like if you put money on someone to win the Prem, you can't mm. take money like that. You have to wait till it's over, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but people are not always willing to, like I say, everyone's short-term focused. They're not willing to wait. And at the minute, you, you're getting the good prices because you're taking the risk that you, you can't get your money out until later and it could potentially drop again. 
And I think mm. you're right. It's going to build slowly for the next year or two, maybe. But then once it gets to a certain like inflection point, it's going to be like pure rockets. I think it's going to go up so fast once it once it's a very efficient market and there's lots of liquidity, then it will start really rising. Yeah, yeah. And I think like that's why when talking to someone like Soccer Index, we've like focused so much on how football index needs to focus on growth. And to do that, they need to focus on like the unique selling points and this vision of the platform just building and advancing into like new territories. And when they added all these different like bolt-ons, um, like in-play dividends, and they maybe overcomplicated the platform in various ways, that kind of detracted from longer term growth and it may be detracted from a lot of traders putting in money and keeping that money in there and instead made everything a little bit more short term. Now we're sort of building this foundation up again and in a few years time there is going to be a potential for it to absolutely rock it and it's just like any big new startup um, in a way. It's like you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Uber, the more people you get on those websites um, the more it's going to grow. And I think Football Index just operated a little bit too early in changing the whole platform so much. There probably wasn't enough users there to really prop it up for a, a long period of time until they made all the changes and enough people who didn't like the new system just left. And that's why we've been left with a kind of hole in the in the platform where there's just this blank space where there needs to be more liquidity. And we don't have that at the moment. It means that um, you're probably going to make more money if you wait for two or three seasons. But in the short term, there's going to be these fluctuations and there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty at times when Football Index aren't 100% clear on how, how the system's going to work. Like we're, at the moment, we're waiting for like more, more updates, really, uh, for 20th of February. And because there's a lack of money in the market, people are going to start selling players and that's going to have a massive impact on the market and it's going to result in players dropping like 20 percent but that's okay because we're not where we are going to be eventually and if you're in it for the long term then you can just sit back and not really have to worry about the day-to-day price fluctuations uh, that's my opinion anyway yeah and that's like like the same for me i don't really look that much at what's happening with individual players right now because i just think it's going to get the whole market's going to go up and i feel like at the values that you could sell for now, I'm, I'm, I'd rather hold almost everyone. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, in terms of this podcast, right, do you reckon I should start? I'm thinking about, like, just getting on certain guests to talk about, like, specific topics and just kind of make it a little bit more, um, I don't know, just a bit more focused on certain things because I feel like the last, I don't know, six months, you know, I'm going through day by day talking about the market kind of put most of my opinions out there so a lot of the things that me and you are probably talking about nowadays listeners might have heard in the past but I could maybe bring in some new guests uh, get you on as well and obviously we'll talk about different topics that we've maybe not discussed as much before but I feel like there's so much more to Bubble Index that we could sort of unravel um, and these day-to-day price fluctuations you know I'm talking about them all the time I'm talking about who's earning dividends every day but I feel, I feel like there's probably more to talk about than just what's going on day by day and for example like you could have literally gone the last six months not touched football index and you wouldn't have had any of the concern really and you would have come back and now the market's um probably close to where it was six months ago maybe i'm wrong on that i've not looked into it that much but i know like it's you know you had sancho and Mbappe down like four or three quid now they're up at like i don't know seven and five it's not as bad as what it was anyway um but yeah what, what's your opinions on that yeah i think you're probably right I'd- Unless there's somebody who's done a standout performance that, that's worth addressing, 
I feel like the daily fluctuations is it's just numbers on a screen, really. They don't really mean that much. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe I just need to uh, restructure the whole podcast. Uh, it'll go alongside the new rebrand. Anyway, I probably should have asked, asked that one off the podcast. Um, but no, if, if any listeners actually have any opinions on that, then yeah, get in touch. It's at the Index Club on Twitter. Or if you're in the Discord, then just let me know your thoughts on that one as well. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably wrap it up here, I think. I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of the Man United games. Good to see you guys winning 2-0. Did you, did you watch the 9-0 the other day as well? I watched that one. I saw a, a decent amount of it and I was really annoyed that Luke Shaw was taken off at half-time because he was absolutely crushing it. Oh, those two balls in the first half were unbelievable. I actually only watched the first half as well, so I didn't even... Um, well, yeah, I didn't really notice that Luke Shaw had come off until I looked at it later, but I was a bit surprised because he was having such a good half and I was a bit unlucky as a Luke Shaw holder. But the captain appreciation on him has been absolutely insane over the last few weeks. I think he's gone from like 20p up to around £1 now, which is just absolutely insane. Well, you could buy him at about 30. That was the lowest I ever got him, and I stopped buying him when he went up to 40. So I don't think he really went down as well as 20, but still, he's up 30, 200% since then. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd have just fucking started, keep, kept buying him until he started performing rather than being stubborn and stopping when he hit 40 p But yeah, well, it's, it's a hard one to do. I think with that one, like you've just got to look at the upside. And the upside with him is like he plays for the biggest media club in the world and he could be playing for England at the Euros and the World Cup. So like the upside is literally one to two pounds very easily. Yeah. Talking of uh, short-term focus, Pogba went off with a thigh injury. It looked like he pulled his thigh and uh, he's dropped 24p, Jeez. which is bringing him very close to the £2.29 sell price, which is... £2.25 sell price that I'm getting involved with that. Mm, nice. I might, I might have to dip my toe in that one because you've spoke about him a lot of times and every time you speak about him, he tends to he, he tends to rise and having a look at those price fluctuations as I was going through earlier, you know, he goes up to three quid pretty quickly um, from £2. So it could be a nice 50% return there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I might have to go for that. Right, anyway, we'll leave it there. So, yeah, cheers for coming on, as always. Any final words for today, Kevin? No, that's it. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Love that. Right, thanks to everyone listening. I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast, and we will go again tomorrow. <laughs>